You're listening to Yap, Young and Profiting Podcast, a place where you can listen, learn, and profit. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Hala Taha, and on Young and Profiting Podcast, we investigate a new topic each week and interview some of the brightest minds in the world. My goal is to turn their wisdom into actionable advice that you can use in your everyday life, no matter your age, profession, or industry. There's no fluff on this podcast, and that's on purpose. I'm here to uncover value from my guests by doing the proper research and asking the right questions. If you're new to the show, we've chatted with the likes of ex-FBI agents, real estate moguls, self-made billionaires, CEOs, and best-selling authors. Our subject matter ranges from enhancing productivity, how to gain influence, the art of entrepreneurship, and more. If you're smart and like to continually improve yourself, hit the subscribe button because you'll love it here at Young and Profiting Podcast. Hey, everybody, this is Hala from Young and Profiting Podcast. And I'm here for a random live because my guest who was going to be on my podcast had the wrong link, unfortunately. And we were both in separate sessions and it got canceled. And what do I do, Kate, every time I have a canceled interview? We do an Ask Hala Anything. Yes. So here we are. Ask Hala Anything because I'm here for you. And what cheers me up is talking to my LinkedIn community. I was really in a bad mood. And then I was like, what's going to put me in a good mood? And I said, hopping on Restream and doing this LinkedIn Live. So everybody in the chat, let me know where you guys are tuning in from. Let me know your city, your state, and ask me anything. I, I know a lot about LinkedIn, how to grow your LinkedIn account. I know everything about podcasting. I have a new marketing agency. So growing a business, starting a side hustle. I started a six-figure side hustle. And I've got the lovely Kate Ponzi here. Kate is employee number three here at Young and Profiting. She is the woman behind our social media. She is the VP of social media. And I love her dearly. She's my favorite, one of my favorite employees, if not my favorite employee. And so she knows a lot about me. I mean, she 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 gets all the venting from Hala. She gets all the the jokes and the silliness and the seriousness and probably wants to kill me half the time. So Kate, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. <laughs> I love these Ask Hala Anythings. Yeah. And we're going to make it even more fun because honestly, I want to invite people to this chat and I don't know what's going to happen. This is totally... I've never done this before. But if you guys have a question, I'm going to literally invite you to the chat. Oh, it says your channels are read only. So it looks like Kate is going to figure out how to invite you to the chat later on. We can figure out later on uh, how to invite you guys to the chat. Why Why don't we put it in Slack and see if somebody can help us maybe, Kate? Absolutely. I'll do that. All right, cool. In the meanwhile, I'll let you guys know how my week has been going. So crazy, crazy busy week. Uh, We were at Podcast Movement two weeks ago or so. And that's like the biggest podcast festival. It's in Nashville. Me and Kate went together. It was so much fun. And we met all these new people. We got new sponsors. We met all these new advertisers for Young and Profiting Podcasts. And so now just having all these meetings, trying to get things in line... And things are just extremely busy, onboarding new clients, taking so many different discovery calls, dealing with existing clients. And it's just this life of an entrepreneur that me and Kate always talk about how it's just like a roller coaster ride. Like I literally feel like I'm on a roller coaster. One day I'm on top of the world. The next day we're like 
what do we do? (laughs) How are we going to get out of this? So it's just really fun. And I would love if you guys had any questions for me to drop them in the chat. And then we're actually going to share a link once we figure it out. Um, So we've got our first question and it is from Jamaica. What's up, Jamaica? She is asking, what are the practical ways to gain from your podcast? I started mine almost a year ago and I'm yet to gain from it. No, that's a great question. So there's lots of ways to gain from a podcast, even when you don't have a lot of listeners. So actually, I only started profiting through advertisers on my podcast in the last year. It took two years for me to grow to it, grow it to a point where it actually had subscribers and enough subscribers where I could guarantee a certain amount of downloads and get money from advertisers. But in the meanwhile, Jamaica, there's lots of ways that you can utilize your podcast to get ahead. So one way is just networking. It gives you the opportunity to talk to people you would never otherwise be able to talk to. The other is through lead generation. So if you have a business, you can basically invite people on your podcast who would be the the best potential client for you and then make a connection with them. They like, they trust you, they get to talk about themselves, which makes you more likable. And in the end, they'll trust you more and they're more likely to buy from you down the line. So if you're a smart person, you might want to start a podcast that is targeting guests that can become your clients eventually. And there's a lot of people out there who are running successful businesses who are using podcasting as a lead gen for their business. And it absolutely doesn't matter who is listening. They could have 20 listeners and it doesn't even matter. Uh, The other way that you could do it is you could actually sell your own products to your audience. So if you were a course, whatever it is, a book launch. But Jamaica, the other thing I want to tell you is that you need to grow your show. If you want to get advertisers, you need to focus on growing your show. Now, Kate knows a lot about podcasting because she's always around me. And so let's go a little deeper. Kate, ask me something that's a deeper question about podcasting that maybe for an advanced person or just any question that you have, Kate. And I'm sorry for putting you on the spot, but... (laughs) How long does it take to actually really get to potentially monetize? Because, you know, podcasting is a long game. And so at what point in your podcasting journey can you start to potentially monetize and have sponsors? Great question. So I think it depends on your ecosystem. So... It's not just about your podcast. It's about your social media. It's about your niche. It's about many different things that make you a desirable person for sponsorship. So for example, women podcasters, they might be able to sell your show with 5,000 downloads an episode. Whereas a man, if you have a show that has mostly a male audience, they might want like 10,000 or 20,000 average downloads per episode before they're going to sell your show. But since there's less female podcasters and less shows that attract a female audience, and you know, females have a lot of the buying power, they'll actually take shows with less downloads if you are targeting a female audience. And so I think that you can monetize your show at any stage. Uh, But in terms of like proper, you know, signing up to these ad agencies, signing up to these different platforms that allow you to sell ads on your show, I'd say 10,000 downloads an episode is a good number to strive for. But I do think that if you're in a certain niche or if you're targeting a very specific audience like all women or a young generation and your audience is very niche and not broad, I think you could start at 5,000 downloads an episode. The other thing is that if you have a lot of social media channels and you've got a great following on your social, you can basically package that all up 
and sell it direct to sponsors. You can cold email people. You can message people on LinkedIn and you can say, hey, I've got 30,000 followers on LinkedIn. I've got 10,000 on Instagram. I've got a podcast that gets 500 downloads a week. Sponsor me for a month. Sponsor me for a month. I'll do five posts for you. I'll You'll sponsor my podcast. I'll do a live and put you in the title. And you could just make it up. There's no rules. You know, when you're doing direct sponsorships, there's literally no rules in terms of how much you charge. It's all up to you. And so once you start bundling things in, that's actually when you can get more margin because there's no rules and you can charge whatever you want. So great question, Kate. So look, it looks like you guys can join the video if you want. Kate has uh, messaged everybody on LinkedIn. So it's a studio.restream.io. Shout out to Restream. They sponsor me. We love them. And if you guys want to join the studio, I see Scott Glassman in here. He knows everything about happiness. Scott, if you want to join, click on that link and come on in here. I uh, would be more than happy to have you in here. And anybody who, who wants to hop in and ask a question face-to-face and get some FaceTime with me, you should add them. If you want to hop in, come on in, man. Come on in. Thank you for letting me know if my hair looks good. Okay. So Roy says podcasts are, and he's got a great point. Podcasts are a great way for lead generation. Also a great way to network with people you otherwise wouldn't have been able to connect with. That is 100% true. Okay, what are your favorite ways to network and build new relationships from scratch? Great question. I have a lot of different ways of doing this. I, I really love to network. I think that that's one of my biggest talents is creating a network for myself. So one of my favorite things to do is to like start my own group. And I've done this since I was like a little kid. Like start your own thing, start your own club, start your own WhatsApp chat, start your own engagement pod, like whatever it is, start your own group. So for me, I noticed that there was a lot of podcasters on LinkedIn. And at a certain point, I was like, well, if I banded up with all these podcasters and we all shared our stuff and, and liked each other's stuff and, and told each other industry secrets, we could all grow together. And so I literally just messaged all these podcasters on LinkedIn. Anybody who was making any sort of noise on LinkedIn as a podcaster got a message from me. Hey, like I see you doing your thing. Let's you know have a monthly call together. Join this WhatsApp group. Let's support each other's links. Let's uh, tell each other tips and tricks and try to grow together. And now all these people have become, a lot of them become my really close friends. And it's like, it's a way that I met new people. And it's all because I decided to be the glue that brought people with a common interest together. And so I love doing that kind of stuff. And I think that's a great way to network. I did it on Clubhouse. So uh, basically starting groups on Clubhouse. Let's do podcast office hours together. Let's all teach podcasting to on Clubhouse and let's run shows together or whatever it is. Like there's, I have so many different examples of, of when I've started started basically a group of people with similar interests and then brought them all together into a platform, whether that's a Slack channel, whether that's a a WhatsApp group or a clubhouse event, whatever it is. And you just invite them there and you're the glue that keeps everybody together. All right. We got a question from Frank. Anyone who can provide tech support, trying to set up a podcast, got a feed from Podbean and the feed episodes are not connecting with Apple. I validated and worked with Apple support and I'm waiting for a response from Podbean. Yeah, so one thing to note is that it could take 
14 days or so for Apple to, to pick up your show. Uh, they do it manually. So once you submit it, it could take up to 14 days. So if you're in that 14 day window, it's just normal process. One day it's just going to pop up. So you could, should give yourself about two weeks before you actually want to launch and upload your podcast in advance before the launch date, about two weeks. And then you have to upload and start with one episode. And then you can kind of put in your rest of your episodes for launch day once it's actually live. So if, if you're in that two week window, you're, you're still good. Uh, hopefully that helps. All right. Kate, do you want to, do you see any good questions? Do you have a question for me? I mean, if there's anyone looking to launch their podcast, what are your top three tips to really have the best podcast launch possible? Because I know we've done that for some of our clients and why not share it with uh, your audience, right? Of course. So number one, you want to make sure that people can binge listen. So that means launching with like six to eight episodes at a time. You don't want to put out everything because you also don't want to overwhelm yourself. You want to have episodes in the can. But let's say four to eight episodes so that people can listen because the way that you're ranked in these apps is by your two-week average of downloads. And so if you only put out one episode, they can only listen to one thing and they can't binge listen. So you want them to be able to listen to multiple shows and binge listen your show so that it improves your ranking. So uh, something else to note is that 40% of people are going to find your podcast in the app. So that's why ranking in the app is so important. And that's why your SEO and the way you title your shows and the way you title your podcast is extremely important. So for example, I just talked to this guy. He's the host of Millennial Investor. And he had no social media following. And he launched his show and gets almost as much downloads as me in the first year. And it took me three years to get there. And he did it because his show is called Millennial Investing and, and people are typing that in Google and people are typing that in the apps and finding his show. And they're, they're typing investing, whatever. So I called my show Young and Profiting and nobody is searching for that. So I li- literally had to spoon feed everybody my podcast and word of mouth had to happen for my show to get big. But for him, he was just searchable and people wanted to know about that topic. And there was like a wide open space for him. So the way you title your show is really important. You want to make sure you have good keywords. I would say at least two keywords and that it's really easy to understand what your show is about. Of course, you need good content, but that SEO, that first click matters. The other thing that I've heard is that the SEO and your title of your episodes don't really matter that much. You want to actually entice them, like kind of like an article has like a clickbaity title. You kind of want to have a clickbaity episode title rather than something that's just throwing in a bunch of boring keywords into the title. I think if you can have both keywords and something that's really catchy, you've got the best of both worlds. Young and profiters, they may call me the podcast princess, but I'm also the LinkedIn queen. I've been a LinkedIn influencer for six years now, and I teach one of the most popular courses about LinkedIn. And I love to teach sales on LinkedIn because when it comes to B2B sales, LinkedIn has got that on lock. LinkedIn is where all the decision makers are hanging out. There are 180 million senior level decision makers on LinkedIn and 10 million C-suite decision makers. These people are on LinkedIn and they're in the mode to buy. They're using LinkedIn for their buying journey to research vendors or sales reps that they might work with, to look up how to solve their problems, to learn from industry thought leaders. They're in the mode to buy, whereas on other platforms, they're in the mode to be entertained. 
You want to get them in the right mindset. You want to cut through the noise with LinkedIn ads. In fact, 79% of B2B marketers rate LinkedIn as their top channel for paid media. And LinkedIn has the best targeting because they've got all these different inputs. People are putting their resume basically up on there. And so there's so many keywords that they can use to target the right decision makers so they can hear about how you solve their problems. And I've got a special gift for all you young and profiters who want to try LinkedIn ads. You can get a $100 credit. LinkedIn was super generous. If you want to make B2B marketing everything it can be and get a $100 credit on your next campaign, go to linkedin.com slash yap, Y-A-P. Again, if you want to claim your credit, go to linkedin.com slash yap. Terms and conditions apply. Young and profiters, Yap Media is growing so fast. I have 10 open roles just this month. In the past, it would take me so long to find hires. I have to go on all these different job sites. I have to create my own skills assessments. That's why I let Indeed do a lot of this heavy lifting for me. Indeed is the powerful hiring platform where I can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Indeed has things like skills assessments, where when we have specific roles, we can find an assessment that matches that role and we can make sure they have the skills that we need. Then I can focus on culture fit. I can make sure they're scrappy enough and are obsessed with excellence and do all the things that we need to do for them to fit in at YAP. And Indeed streamlines hiring with powerful tools like Instant Match. An Instant Match basically matches you with candidates as soon as you put up a job post with people who are qualified right away. It's instant. And the best part is it gets better as you use it. So now when I use Indeed, especially when I'm hiring for similar roles, I get people right away where they know that I'm going to like the candidates because they can see what my preferences were in the past. It gets better as you use it. According to US Indeed data, the moment Indeed sponsors a job, over 80% of employers get candidates whose resumes are a perfect match for the position. It's like waving a magic wand that gets better as you use it. So I love using Indeed. We've found a lot of our A players on there. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide who count on Indeed to hire their next superstar like we do at Yap Media. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at indeed.com slash profiting. Offer is good for a limited time. Claim your $75 sponsored job credit at indeed.com slash profiting. Again, that's indeed.com slash profiting and support the show by saying you heard about it on Young and Profiting Podcast. Again, it's indeed.com slash profiting to get your $75 credit. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Young and profiters, we are all making money. But is your money hustling for you? Meaning, are you investing? Putting your savings in the bank is just doing you a total disservice. You got to beat inflation. I've been investing heavily for years. I've got an E-Trade account. I've got a Robinhood account. And it used to be such a pain to manage all of my accounts. I'd hop from platform to platform. I'd always forget my Fidelity password. And then I have to reset my password. I knew that needed to change because I need to keep track of all my stuff. Everything got better once I started using Yahoo Finance, the sponsor of today's episode. You can securely link up all of your investment accounts in Yahoo Finance for one unified view of your wealth. They've got stock analyst ratings. They have independent research. I can customize charts and choose what metrics I want to display for all my stocks so I can make the best decisions. I can even dig into financial statements and balance sheets of the companies that I'm curious about. Whether you're a seasoned investor or looking for that extra guidance, Yahoo Finance gives you all the tools and data you need in one place. 
For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor, yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. That's yahoofinance.com. Peterson says young and profiting. Thank you. Let's just uh, rep really quick. Thank you so much, Peterson. Will Yap sponsor my podcast? I don't think so because we're not sponsoring podcasts right now, but I will support you on your podcast journey by providing lots of advice and free advice. And I never charge for my podcasting advice. All right. So what other questions do you guys have? How did you maintain a positive mindset when you may have faced obstacles to growing your podcast and your business? Ooh, I like this question. So how did I maintain a positive mindset? Let me just unhide the message from the stream. So uh, there's been lots of ups and downs and there's been lots of obstacles. And I think that the reason why I kept going with Young and Profiting Podcast. So Young and Profiting Podcast is now three and a half years old. The first two years we were doing great. It was like, you know, slow and steady growth. I had my little volunteer team. In the last year, I just checked my analytics. I thought it was 2,000% growth. We had 3,000% growth, almost 3,000% growth in the last year. And it's insane when I think about it, like the amount of downloads that I get a month. I literally used to dream about getting in a year or like even the amount of downloads that I get in a day, I thought would be a month before. Like I, it's just like, I had no idea how big this could grow. And it's like, it's so insane to think about it. And I just remember for two years, it was very stagnant growth. I used to look at my charts and be like, man, why isn't it growing? Like I'm getting bigger on LinkedIn, but nobody's going to listen to my show. And why is this happening? Like, why is it so stagnant? The reason why I kept going is because it was like my intentions from the start were never to make money off my podcast. I literally thought that I was going to work in corporate for the rest of my life and that the podcast was just kind of a hobby, a passion. I wanted to give back and serve people and have them learn how to be profitable because I was a failed entrepreneur out of college. I tried my best. I started something called the Sorority of Hip Hop. It failed. I... Also, didn't get a job at Hot 97 after I worked there for three years for free (laughs) and basically was this glorified intern personality there and never got paid. And then when an open job came up, they didn't give me the job. So it's like I had two really bad things happen to me. I also almost had a show on MTV before my corporate job, like right before, and I didn't get that. And so I had like three really traumatic things happen to me where I worked really, really hard and I didn't get what I had thought I deserved. And then all of a sudden I went to corporate and I was rising up the ranks. I was succeeding. I was thriving. And I was like, wow, I have a lot to share to people now. I'm actually making money. I'm not broke anymore. I can take care of myself. I've got a lot of knowledge in terms of entrepreneurship and digital. And and let me figure out how I can put this out in the world and help other people. And so I had really pure intentions. And so even though I wasn't growing, I was just like, well, that's not the purpose of this anyway. And then because I think I had good intentions, it just blew up kind of overnight. And it was also because I was really creative. And I think the other thing that you need to remember is that like the definition of stupidity and insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting the same results. And that's what I was doing the first two years. I was putting my stuff on LinkedIn. I was uh, messaging people on LinkedIn, my show. 
and I wasn't doing much of anything else. That's what I thought was going to grow my show. Then when I finally realized, oh, I have this platform to leverage now. I have a huge LinkedIn audience that I've built. Inadvertently, I was trying to promote my podcast. I wasn't trying to be the biggest influencer on LinkedIn. I was just trying to grow my show. And then I realized I have some leverage now and I can trade this audience. And so I reached out to the podcast apps and I said, hey, I've got this LinkedIn following. They're really engaged. They, they love me. And I'll promote your app if you feature me in your app. And like I said, 40% of people actually find your podcast in the apps. And a lot of people on LinkedIn, they're not listening to podcasts. They don't care about podcasts. They want to watch my videos. They want to read my posts, but they don't want to listen to my podcast. And so this enabled me to reach a whole new audience by trading my existing audience. And so the big thing, I guess the big lesson in there is that like you need to grow one platform that you can leverage if you're trying to make it as an influencer or an author or a podcaster or any sort of personal brand. If you really want to stand out. You need to grow one platform. Don't go crazy on all these different platforms and diversify yourself so much that you're not meaningful in like one certain department. Like I was meaningful because I had a big LinkedIn following and to someone that was desirable, right? But if I just had like small followings on all platforms, I wouldn't have been desirable. So it's all about growing your following on one platform and then you can use that as leverage. And then now that I have a big podcast following, I have a big LinkedIn following, I can have time to grow my Instagram and grow my YouTube. And now we're starting TikTok and I'm starting to branch out and grow these other channels so that I can increase my leverage. But it all starts in one place. So I hope that's helpful, Scott. This episode of Yap is sponsored by jamesallen.com. Hey, young and profiters, are you in the market to get married? Are you ready to propose to your boo? You know, most of my listeners are males from 30 to 45. And that means that most of y'all have a boo and are thinking about proposing to her. So let me get you in on a little secret. Girls, us girls, we don't want to be completely surprised. Yes, you got that right. We do not want to be completely surprised. We want to be surprised about when you pop the question, but we don't want to be surprised about the actual ring that you're picking out. You don't pick out our clothes when we go to work. You don't pick out our jewelry and our outfits when you take us out to dinner. Why would it make sense for you to buy us a ring that we're going to have to wear for the rest of our lives without running it by us first? You should know what taste that we like, what setting that we like, what shape that we like, what gold that we like. You should know a few things before you go shell out all that money for an engagement ring. So save all the headaches, make your girl happy, and remember, James Allen.com. Before the big day, go to jamesallen.com and virtually try on rings with their ring try on feature. You select the setting and you find the look you love from the comfort of your own home. And their diamond display technology displays all of their 200,000 certified conflict-free diamonds in magnified 360 HD. It's literally better than being in the physical store. When you shop at jamesallen.com, you're going to get rings up to 50% cheaper than you would in the traditional stores. That's half off. You'll get access to a huge inventory so you actually can get what you want. You're not just limited to what they have in the store. And it's all totally customizable. And this is the way of the future. This is the way that 
couples are getting their rings now. We're not going to the store. It's COVID. We're comfortable at home. We are comfortable with technology. We want to try our rings on on the app, on the website, jamesallen.com and find the one that we like that way. They have 24-7 customer service. They give you diamond tips. They'll even give you advice on how to pop the question. I'll tell you, my man better act right and use jamesallen.com because this is the only way to buy your engagement rings. Nothing would feel more romantic than him asking me to try on rings with him at jamesallen.com. Hint, hint. Go to jamesallen.com for the best deal on your engagement ring. And right now you can use code YAP30 for 30% off your purchase. That's code YAP30 at jamesallen.com for 30% off. Some exclusions apply. This episode of Yap is sponsored by Sizz. Everyone tuning into Yap is the type of person who wants to be highly productive. But in today's world, it's harder than ever, especially while so many of us are working remotely and locked in a room with many of our favorite things right at our fingertips. There's nobody looking over our shoulder to make sure we're doing productive work. And it's really up to us to be productive these days. We have so many distractions that can prevent us from really getting in the zone. And sure, many of us are relying on coffee to get through the day. And while it's tried and tested, it's simply not enough to compete anymore. So how can we take things to the next level? Introducing Sizz, a new brand of nootropics or brain food that aims to improve focus, productivity, and get you feeling in the zone with Flow, their first product. Flow is a ready-to-drink powder that works as an energy or focus enhancer. You can mix Flow with your smoothies, your water, and you can even supercharge your morning coffee. With Flow, you can start to think outside of the box. You can get more creative by getting into optimal states of Flow. You'll get sustained energy boosts throughout the day and your levels of mental awareness will increase, meaning you'll be empowered to better focus on the things that truly matter. Our young and profiters listening are in for a special treat. Sizz is in pre-launch mode and we're inviting you to get first access to their launch product, Flow. You'll get access to Flow and all its brain-boosting glory for 50% off. That's right, half off. Head over to sizz.life slash yap. That's S-I-I-Z dot life slash Y-A-P for 50% off their Flow product. We could all use some more focus, don't you think? Try Flow first at sizz.life slash yap. That's S-I-I-Z dot life slash yap. I'll stick the link in our show notes. All right, let's see. We've got Jack. Let's see what he says. Jack says, is starting a podcast more profitable than, say, starting a YouTube channel? Well, you know what? I don't have a profitable YouTube channel, so I can't talk apples to apples. But I will say that I used to say that starting a podcast, your goal should not be monetization because I used to think it was impossible because here I was, you know, getting 4,000 downloads a month. And when you're getting 4,000 downloads a month, it is impossible. But when you're getting 500,000 downloads a month, it is not impossible to monetize your show. And in fact, it is extremely lucrative. And I feel that podcasting, when you do grow your audience, is a very lucrative avenue. And the reason why is because you can layer on commercials. So the way that podcast ads work is that you get paid per 1,000 downloads. Um, so you get a CPM per 1,000 downloads. And that's how a lot of like media buying works in general. So it's called CPM. It's the cost per 1,000 downloads. And podcasting, it's anywhere from like $15 to $45 CPMs. So like my show, for example, is like a $35 CPM. 
And that's because people value my audience. They're educated. They've got money. They're past college. They're millennials. They're desirable. And so that's why my CPM is relatively high, right? And so you can get sponsors and you can have multiple commercials. So let's say you're making a thousand bucks a commercial. If you have three commercials in a podcast, that's $3,000. If you have two podcasts in a week, that's six grand that you're making as a podcaster. And, you know, to run a podcast, even if you use a great agency like mine, it's like less, I mean, most people are probably running their show for less than a grand a month. And other people might be spending with an agency six to $10,000 a month on everything A to Z. So you can profit off your show very easily if you grow your audience. So we've got Travis in the building. What's going on, Travis? We've actually never talked face-to-face. So Kate, help me out here. How do I bring him in? How do I bring him in here? I am sending him a message now with the link. So hopefully, Travis, if you check... Well, he's here. He's here. I am here already. Oh my gosh. I made it on the Hala show. (laughs) Would you look at that? What's going on, Travis? Man, I've been hearing you, your name, like constantly. Travis, I'm working with Travis. I'm working with Travis. I said, who's this Travis guy? He's not hitting me up. What's going on? Yo, Hala, we briefly, briefly met at the podcasting virtual event in Remo a little while ago, but we are team restream homies as well. And I've just been on a tear this last year, finally coming into my own lane uh, as a producer. So just been doubling, doubling down on that and was curious to hop in here because I know you are crushing it on the multi-platform adventure. Um, And I'm in uh, the earlier stages of this process, as you alluded to. I'm finally figuring it out, but only on LinkedIn. So I'd be curious to know your advice when considering a new platform to expand into. What is the best strategy to do so? And what type of signals should we look into for what is the appropriate platform to expand onto? Yeah, I think that's an excellent question. So first of all, before we get there, I just want to reiterate that in the beginning, I highly recommend that you grow really strong on one platform first. So that's first thing. The next thing that I would say is that once you grow your platform, you can use it as leverage. And so what I would do is if I would basically team up with influencers on, let's say you want to grow on TikTok. I would find influencers who want to grow on LinkedIn and start an engagement pod and basically put everybody in a group and say, I'll support what all the LinkedIn influencers are going to support you guys on LinkedIn. All the TikTok people are going to support us on TikTok, right? And just find people who want what you have and then trade it. That's what I've done my whole life to get ahead. I just, you want this? I got this. Let's trade this. I want this. Like, you know what I mean? That's all I do. Like, it's, it's like, that's, that's all. It's very simple. Love it. Love it. No, that that was perfect. And it even works even better because I was curious about TikTok specifically anyway. So I think I've found my my lane um, to start the journey just because I've been I've been on the other end of the spectrum where you're all your eggs are in one basket back in the good old glorious MySpace days and just watch the the entire empire crumble. So I have I have this paranoia of the single platform thing happening to me on LinkedIn. Um, so it was brilliant to hear that. It is scary. It's risky. You know, it's really risky. And that's why I'm really happy that 
my podcast is something that I... So like owning your stuff is so important. And that's why I love having a podcast because I actually own that following. Having an email list, you own that email list, right? So I totally agree. The other thing that you could do, Travis, is you can team up with these influencers for them to basically share your videos and do videos for you and basically pay them for, for shout outs. And that's really the way to grow on Instagram, especially these like paid celebrity shout outs. That's how everybody is growing on LinkedIn right now. And so you could do that with TikTok influencers. And it's probably a lot cheaper because there's way more like young TikTok influencers who would promote you probably for pretty cheap. And I, I would coordinate some sort of influencer campaign in that way as well. Look at this. No worries. I, for, I mean, I forgot my notepad before I jumped in here, but <laughs> thankfully it's it's recorded. Thank you so much. Of course. Appreciate seeing you rocking and rolling on the lives. I'm looking forward to more and, and following the journey. Thank you. I just wanted to tap in, say hello, love the empire you're building and looking forward to what's in store, you guys. Thanks, Travis. All right, guys, if anybody else wants to join, just hop in and we will bring you up on here. Kate, if you want to share that link again, that's great. And if you want to ask me a question, that's great too. So I'm going to just scroll down here. If you guys are newly checking in, just type your question in the chat. Tell us where you're from. Uh, We'll bring you up here on stage. Adam, if you're still around. Scott, if you're still around, come on in. We're happy to have you. Hey, AppFam, starting my LinkedIn Secrets Masterclass was one of the best things I've ever done for my business. I didn't have to waste time figuring out all the nuts and bolts of setting up a website that had everything I needed, like a way to buy my course, subscription offerings, chat functionality, and so on, because it was super easy with Shopify. (coughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Whether you're selling your first product, finally taking your side hustle full time, or making half a million dollars from your masterclass like me. And it doesn't matter if you're selling digital products or vegan cosmetics. Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Shopify's got you covered as you scale. Stop those online window shoppers in their tracks and turn them into loyal customers with the internet's best converting checkout. I'm talking 36% better on average compared to other options out there. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., from huge shoe brands like Allbirds to vegan cosmetic brands like Thrive Cosmetics. Actually, back on episode 253, I interviewed the CEO and founder of Thrive Cosmetics, Carissa Bodnar, and she told me about how she set up her store with Shopify and it was so plug and play, her store exploded right away. Even for a makeup artist type girl with no coding skills, it was easy for her to open up a shop and start her dream job as an entrepreneur. That was nearly a decade ago. And now it's even easier to sell more with less thanks to AI tools like Shopify Magic. And you never have to worry about figuring it out on your own. Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. So you can focus on the important stuff, the stuff you like to do. Because businesses that grow Grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash profiting, and that's all lowercase. If you want to start that side hustle you've always dreamed of, if you want to start that business you can't stop thinking about, if you have a great idea, what are you waiting for? Start your store on Shopify. Go to shopify.com slash profiting now 
to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Again, that's shopify.com slash profiting. Shopify.com slash profiting for a $1 per month trial period. Again, that's shopify.com slash profiting. Let's see. Deepak, what is your message to the ones who are gonna launch a podcast or the one who is running one now? Okay, we already went over launch tips. So I'm not gonna do that again. For anybody who has a podcast right now, what I want you to tell you, ask yourself is, are you really concentrating and learning everything that you need to know about podcasting? There's a lot of information out there. There are people like me hosting podcast office hours. There's people like John Lee Dumas with free resources out there. There's so many different episodes about podcasting. There's so many different blogs. Are you really becoming number one at your craft? Because there are millions of podcasters now. And if you don't know everything about podcasting and you want to be a podcaster, you are at a severe disadvantage. And so you need to know how to monetize as a podcaster. You need to know the best marketing, best practices. You need to get your reps in and know how to have an interview or solo episode or whatever your format is. You need to be number one at your craft because this isn't uh, that easy to break out into anymore. It's getting harder and harder. And if you want to be serious, you need to be serious about your craft, just like any other avenue that you would take in life. You need to actually be skillful. So I would say make sure you actually learn because I know that there's a lot of up and coming podcasters who just want to hop on a mic and figure it out. And that's all great if you want to do it as a hobby. But if you're really thinking about this as a career, you have to know your craft and you have to take the time to study it and get the skills that you need to be successful. So that's what I'd say there. I'm going to hand it over to Kate now. Kate, my lovely VP of social, she's employee number three at Young and Profiting. Make sure you follow her here on LinkedIn. Uh, She's absolutely amazing. She's smarter than me, perhaps. She's shaking her head. That's true. I've learned everything I know from Hala. (laughs) So I know we have talked that one of your secrets to success is skill stacking. And so I've heard you talk a little bit about it, but it's been a while. And I personally am curious... How did you get into skill stacking and how does that contribute to the amazing growth that you've had with the podcast, with the company at Media? How has that contributed to your success over the years? Oh my gosh. I feel like the only reason Young and Profiting Podcast is successful and one of the only reasons why I feel like I've had extraordinary success compared to other podcasters is because of the journey that came before Young and Profiting. It wasn't about day one at Young and Profiting. It was about the journey before Young and Profiting. You know, it was all those ups and downs, all those failures. Like I started at a radio station called Hot 97. I learned how to audio edit there. I learned how to research shows. I was responsible to do Angie Martinez's news in the morning. And I'd have about an hour to scour all the internet for the news. And if I was missing a story, I was dead. And so it was really high pressure. It was the number one show in America. And I was responsible for the news and, and making sure that she had the best news stories of the day. And then on top of that, it would be like Beyonce coming in every day, Jay-Z, Drake, like you name it, every single celeb would be coming into the station. So I'd have to do the research for them. And it would be like day of, we would find out. So it was like a crazy high-paced, high-stress job. And I learned really quickly how to how to research very quick and cram really quickly and, and get everything in, in the way that Angie wanted it. And she was very particular. And so 
that taught me really hard work ethic. It taught me how to audio edit. It taught me how to put show briefs together. Then they had me working on commercials and saying commercials. So I got some on air time. I had online radio shows on the side. So I was getting reps in, learning how to interview. I was interviewing music artists. So it was very different from what I do now. But I still figured out how to talk on a mic and get the confidence to do that. I started doing things on camera where I was getting camera experience. And I ended up learning how to blog during that job. And I was blogging for DJ Enough, who is this big DJ at Hot 97. I was blogging for DJEnough.com. I learned how to use WordPress. And then I left Hot 97. And then I started something called the Sorority of Hip Hop, strawberryblunt.com. And we end up being one of the biggest hip hop and R&B entertainment websites that were out at the time. And I took all those skills from Hot 97. I took all the skills of, I was the queen intern at Hot 97 and I was training all the interns. So I figured out how to recruit new interns from my blog. And I ended up having 50 interns or volunteers who worked for my blog. Then I took all those skills of blogging for DJ Enough and I taught all the girls how to blog. Then I took my radio show connections and all my industry connections and I started a radio show and I interviewed all these celebrities that I had met at Hot 97. And then I used my branding like of being Holla from Hot 97 to recruit all these other girls from iHeartRadio and VH1 and, and Def Jam and all these other industries so that we had a really credible list of girls who blogged for the the hip hop blog. So that's how I started Strawberry Blunt. At the end of that, we almost got a show on MTV and we were filmed for an entire summer. And it was amazing. I mean, we used to host events and have radio shows and blog and, but it was really hard to monetize that, you know, back in the day, blogs were so hot, but it was hard to make money off of that. And I kind of cracked it, but not really, really making money hosting parties. I was hosting the biggest parties in New York and concerts and stuff like that. And um, we had these online radio shows. MTV filmed us for a whole summer. And then last minute, they pulled the plug and we didn't get the show. And like my whole life crumbled again. And I went and got my MBA and I ended up getting a 4.0. And mostly the reason why I got such good grades and was able to get into corporate, become really successful in corporate is because I had been an entrepreneur and been a leader way earlier than most people like much earlier than most people, like leading 50 people when you're 23 years old or whatever, like that's a big deal, right? And so then I got into Hewlett Packard and I was in corporate and I be like, I got promoted so quickly and I was the face of the young employees and I was an entrepreneur within the company because I had learned all these leadership skills. I stood out like a sore thumb because I was so much more extroverted and so much more innovative than everybody else. And I had so much better digital skills than the whole marketing team. I was the most digitally advanced marketer in HP at the time. I was like light years ahead of everybody because I had built my own websites. I had hacked social media trying to figure it out for my website. I knew all these little tricks. I knew how to audio edit, graphic design, copyright, because I had to learn it all on my own when I was running that website. And so I took all those skills and I applied it in corporate and I rocked it, right? Then all of a sudden I had the idea to start Young and Profiting Podcast and I had all those experiences to bring with me on day one. So all those radio shows, all that copywriting, all that digital skills, all that leadership skills with me on day one. So when you start from scratch, when you've already had experiences, you're not starting from scratch, you're starting from experience. 
And so for me, that's probably one of the biggest life learnings that I've ever had in my life is just realizing that like, man, I would not be where I am. I would not be the CEO of Yap Media with 63 team members. We reached almost $2 million in our first year. I would not be the leader I am. I would not be the podcaster I am if it wasn't for the ups and the downs and the journey it took to get here. And Yap is not my first show. Yap is like my sixth show. And it's just my breakout show. It just happens to be that's the one that got picked up because I was ready for it. And I had all the right experiences to do it right from the jump. So I hope that that was a good question, Kate. Good job. Thank you. I love that. I love that you don't start from scratch. You start from experience. Yes. Thank you. We've got a new viewer from Mexico. What's going on here? All right. Well, it looks like nobody else has questions right now. If you guys have a question, drop it in the chat. If not, we're going to, we're going to, uh, this was really fun. I think we can close this out soon. Kate, any last questions for me? Yeah. I think, you know, in the business of being in a startup, running your own podcast, like you said, at the beginning of this live, there's lots of roller coasters, ups and downs, and we feel the stress. You feel stressed sometimes. Sometimes you're on a high. How, what's your advice for people who might be in that low point in that rut right now? What is your advice to them to, to keep moving forward and to not give up? Yeah. So I've been in a rut all about three days after every failure. Like I get out of those ruts very quickly. And I think that is the key to success because failure is always going to happen. And the more talented you are, the more failures you're going to have. The more opportunities you get is actually a signifies that you're talented. If you weren't talented, you wouldn't get opportunities to fail at. You wouldn't get the chance to swing at bat, right? Sometimes you swing and you hit a home run. Sometimes you swing and miss. And that's part of the game, right? And so that's what you need to understand. When you're failing, it actually means that you're doing something right. It means that you did something that you don't know how to do. It means you did something that had a little bit of risk. You did something that you weren't entirely sure of, right? And hopefully you learned something from that so that the next time you go to bat, you're just that little bit better, right? It's all about the same thing with the skill stack when we were just talking about. The next time you get up at bat, you're just that little bit better. And so whenever I'm feeling down, I always channel my energy into a new idea. When I got fired from Hot 97, my dream job after working there for three years, within a couple of days, I thought of the idea of starting the sorority of hip hop because it solved a problem. I felt like, you know what? I'm a woman in this hip hop industry and nobody's respecting me. And I work so hard and I see all these men getting paid for the things that I was doing. And I was training these guys who are getting paid instead of me. And I'm sick of it. And I'm going to start my own platform and recruit these girls and do my own thing. And get inspired to do that. So I just channeled all my energy into this new idea and got over the fact pretty quickly that I had failed. And so I think that you have to be able to pivot and think of new ideas. And I think the other thing you need to remember is that you never want to just be stuck because there's gatekeepers telling you no. If I didn't create my own lane, I would not be successful. Nobody wanted to give Hala a chance. Okay, I'm Arabic. I have a weird name. I'm petite. I'm not the ideal person that people want on air or people want to be talking. And like, even like LinkedIn, for example, I've been an influencer on LinkedIn for three years. They hit me up for the first time, like last week. It took them three years and me for me to be like blazing in everybody's faces for them to ever even reach out to me. I feel like I've literally clawed my way to the top. And it's because 
I just decided that, okay, no one's going to hand it out to me. So I've got to do it on my own. And you need to be ready to open your own doors. And so if you're in a situation where you feel like you believe in yourself, but you're not getting the opportunities from someone else, you need to be willing to create your own lane. You need to be willing to do it on your own. Young and Profiting Podcast is something that I did on my own. That's why it's successful. When I tried to do Hot 97 and be a personality there, I was rejected. When I tried to do MTV, I was rejected. When I like all these things, I was rejected. Once I actually was like, okay, I'll just do it myself. And now you have no excuse because you have the internet. You can do anything on your own. You could launch a YouTube channel. You could launch a business, whatever it is. You don't need a whole lot of investment to start anything anymore. So there's no excuse. And so uh, I just did it on my own. And I think that that's the key there. So if gatekeepers are telling you no, you got to be ready to pivot and do it on your own. And when you're in a rut, you've got to think of a new idea that inspires you. And you got to really dig deep and realize that like whatever failed, you didn't want, like there's not one way to success. So it's like, what did you really want out of that opportunity? Did you really want that specific job? Or did you want the feeling of that job or the, or to work in that industry or, you know, there's other ways to be happy. There's not one path to happiness or success. So I hope that inspires you. And with that, I think, oh, we've got a couple other questions. Let's see. Hi, Hala. When you were on your own, did you have enough time for fitness and mental recharging? Yeah. I've always made time for working out. I've been working out my whole life and it's my number one way. And Kate knows this. Like people will be like, oh, like you're having a bad day. Let's chat today. And I'm like, no, I just need to work out and get my heart rate up. Like, so I just need some time alone to work out. And I really feel like working out for me is like the best way to break up my day. I work a lot. And so when I work out at like 7 p.m., which is like my favorite time to work out, I feel like it's a great like ending to my proper work day. And I'll still do creative work after that, but I'll try to do like more fun work that's more like brainstorming and stuff at night and creative stuff or or recording stuff for the podcast. I'll try to do like after seven, but I love having that break in my day. That's just working out, clearing my mind, getting my heart rate up. And I really feel like that's all part of success. When you don't work out, you feel sluggish. You're, You're stupider when you don't work out. Like working out actually makes you smarter and faster. And so I think that self-care is something you need to prioritize. I think if I had one thing to work on, it would be the amount of sleep I get. (laughs) Kate's laughing because I like literally barely get any sleep. It's really sad. But part of it's not my problem. I suffer from insomnia sometimes. So, all right. What else do we have here? We've got Jamaica who says... Do you do mentorship? If yes, I would love for us to connect personally. I messaged you on Instagram. I never got a response. Oh, I'm so sorry. I, you know what? My DMs on Instagram, even though I'm not like super big there, they actually do get crazy and I I lose them. So if you want to resend that to me so that I can check it out right away, that'd be awesome. I don't do any like mentorship programs, but I do podcast office hours on Clubhouse usually every Wednesday. I, I took a little break lately because the Clubhouse is dying, but I'll be back on there, especially in the fall. And I'd love to help you. And the other thing that we do is internship programs. So Kate actually runs our internship program. And uh, we recruit interns for Yap Media every semester. So we're going to have one coming up where we're going to recruit about three interns per department. So if you guys want to learn about that internship, make sure you message Kate here or me, DM us, and we will definitely uh, shout you guys out. So Brian says, you always bring value to the table. 
which I learned. Thank you, Halata. Thank you guys so much. I really appreciate this. This was so much fun. I got cheered up, guys. I came on this live because we had a mix up and I was really upset with my team. They sent the wrong link to my guest for a podcast twice this week. And I'm really busy. And so I crammed and crammed two days in a row for these interviews. And then they both canceled and I feel really behind. And so I was in a bad mood. But of course, my LinkedIn community cheered me up. And I'm so glad that I hopped on this live and that we were able to have this conversation with everyone. I hope everybody has a great rest of your week. And I hope you enjoyed this live. If you did, let us know in the comments that you want us to do live more often. I'm here for you guys. I love my LinkedIn family. I wouldn't be here without you guys. So with that, this is Hala and Kate signing off.